ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, step right up to the Bread and Circuses podcast, where your hosts talk about anything they damn well please. So strap in while Rome burns and enjoy the clown show. Bread and Circuses podcast. I'm Rooster here with Crow. How you doing, Crow? Hello. I'm uh, I'm I'm kind of irritated, but I think I think you might have me beat tonight. Oh God, I have you beat by a long shot. But so I, go ahead and start. Yeah, I've got some sounders here that kind of represent how I'm feeling. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play them. Uh, three of them. All right. As what is <laughs> coronavirus? Really, nigga. Rock flag and eagle. That's it right there. How do those explain how you're feeling? So you have these m- motherfuckers that are trying to start shit and trying to uh, destroy our lives and rule us by with coronavirus as an excuse and really nigga. And then I'm going to go all America on their ass. <laughs> Rock flag and eagle. <laughs> okay. So last couple days, I, I'm, I was trying to think of this list of topics I had. And then I realized I'm just going to read the text I sent you the other night when you were like, ooh, that's like a Larry-esque rant there. Yeah. Yep. And then and then I want everybody listening to understand this was, I thought this was me on 10, like angry, and then something else happened that I'll get to. So this is from, uh, well, today, right now, we're recording this is Thursday. This is from Tuesday night. And... Uh, <laughs> I said, I basically sent you a text that said, I'm sick of this bullshit. And you're like, which bullshit? There's so much. And I said, uh, the Fauci testimony today, he was going on about the economy and what a second outbreak could bring. Bitch, shut the fuck up. None of your models have been right except for the one Washington State University, which you said was wrong. And why the fuck does anyone listen to his ideas on the economy? Are we listening to economists talk about the virus? No. The media tells them to run along and listen to smart people. Fuck off, motherfuckers. Burke, who is on the same panel as Fauci, says the CDC is full of shit. And so uh, the media now thinks she's no longer a darling because how dare she not listen to the smart guy? The Flynn shit is dirty as hell and the media is editing reports to cover it. And the bullshit about giving the states money because they can't pay for their own shit pisses me off. You fucked up your own house long before this virus. Fucking fix it yourself. And I said, that about covers it. And then I went, oh, wait. Oh, and Mitt Romney is a motherfucking bitch. I regret that I ever uh, said a goddamn good thing about him. (laughs) And you're like, dang, that was a Korea-level rant. (laughs) So I want to get back to all of that stuff. Uh, Tell me about Romney real quick. Romney did his... They were doing their... During the Fauci testimony, Mm -hmm. and they had that uh, admiral. can't remember his name. He's the one who's in charge of, like, the the virus response kind of thing, like mm-hmm. uh, testing and all that. And he goes, oh, our testing's really good. And Romney goes, oh, I wouldn't be so proud of your testing. We're still way behind on testing. Fuck you, Mitt. If I could see that guy in person, I think I'd punch him in the goddamn mouth. I'd go for the throat. He is such a pussy. Yeah. I mean it. What a... He is trying so hard to suck up to the left. To show, I'm a good guy. Mitt Romney is... Everything that's been wrong with Republicans for the last 50 fucking years. Yeah. 
Yeah, he had me fooled a little bit for a while, too. I thought, you know, he seems like a smart, reasonable guy. Yeah. And then he just just started because he decided he didn't like Trump. And you know why he didn't like Trump? Because Trump bitched him out. Yeah. Trump, he he didn't get... Romney thought about running, and no one was interested, which hurt his widow feelings. And then he said all that shit about Trump, and Trump brings him in. He's like, well, let's interview him for some jobs and stuff. Hey, here's Mitt. I'm looking at him. I get the fuck out, Mitt. <laughs> and Romney hasn't let it go since then. Yeah, I, I think even uh, Ted Cruz f- forgave Trump for saying that his dad assassinated JFK or some shit. Yeah. It's like, that's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if Cruz can get over it, you can get over it, Mitt, little Mitty. And I mean, little mitty mitten two there's shoes. A, there's a movement in Utah to actually recall Mitt Romney as a senator. Uh, Do you know how hard that's going to be for a Mormon guy with his level of political savvy and fame and money and politician good look to have a state want to recall you as their senator? So yeah, Mitt, you're a bitch. Part of what makes him get by is his uh, his kind of like he's got like that standard movie politician look. He's the guy that you'd expect to be the president just by how he looks. I think that's part of what lets him ride. Well, just to close that out, in case I haven't been clear, fuck I don't like fucker. him, and he can fuck off. Yeah. So I've never. I don't think I've ever heard you get that like, like angry and uh, and uh, full of swears in a long. I don't even know if I've ever heard you like that. that. Didn't that didn't beat this morning's rant, which I'm not going to repeat. <laughs> I'm not proud of it for once in my life. Well, it's happened before, but very, very rarely. I dropped the C word to describe somebody. Woo! Yes. Yeah, that means, uh, that mean, not, you mean business. That's that's not a word I just I just use, you know? Yep. Anyway. Codswaddle? Yeah, that's it. So I'm sitting there last night after Governor Walls does his little bitch out thing about, um, about uh, what we're doing. You know, after June 1st, we'll take a look. You know, we're, we're going to start uh, throwing some crumbs to the plebs. And I want to circle back around to this whole thing and why I think some of these blue states are starting to let go on some stuff. Um, because I think there's a bigger reason for this, but we'll come back to that. But uh, Governor Walls said, okay, well, Minnesota can start opening up a little bit. You know, I'm going to let some restaurants open, not bars, restaurants. Uh, yeah, I didn't actually, I actually didn't listen to the... Um... To me, I listened to the whole thing. It's a distinction without a difference. But yeah. he brought up his fucking dials thing again. We're going to turn the dial on the social dial, you know. And uh, we're hey, gonna, so he's really proud of that. Yeah, and we're going to turn the business dial. And uh, and part of the reason I think they're they're not opening stuff up faster is not because they're scared. And I honestly don't think it's that they're trying to make Trump look bad. I think they were in the beginning. I really think they were. They couldn't get him on Russia. They couldn't get him on any of that other stuff. They couldn't. They impeached him, but they couldn't get him out. Yeah, so let's fuck up the economy. So they have to fuck up the economy. And that's their only hope. And I don't think most people are going for it when he's sitting there saying, hey, I think you need to get open. And these governors are going, yeah, not going to do it. Um, I think that they have made it sound so bad that they can't just say, you know what, let's open it up. Because then people are going to go, bitch, two weeks ago you said everybody was going to die. Hmm. And, they're, and they'll go, we were, hey. That's, a, yeah, I didn't even think about that. I, that's a different take than I did. I, I think it was, yeah. they, may, they have made it sound so bad hmm. that they can't just, it, it would be like if you had this dam that was holding back all this water from a town, 
and the town was like going, we're, we're, we're going thirsty here. We, we need some water. And they were going, this dam is whole, the whole town's going to be obliterated. If we don't, we got to take care of the dam. Okay. We got to, if we open up a little bit, the fl- it'll just open it'll up all just, the way. It'll just, yeah. And so they'll let a little out and some water trickles out. And finally somebody goes, let's look behind the dam. And they look, if you just went, okay, fine, I'm going to take the dam down. And the river flowed like normal, maybe a little high. People would be like, what the fuck were you talking about? And I think that's where they are. Just yesterday when Walls did this, he is, he is predicting the peak in the beginning of July for the virus in Minnesota. <laughs> We've lost 600 people, Okay. Uh, the I think the most overwhelmed our ICUs have been in the state are 450 beds. We have 3,000 beds. Right. So no hospitals even come close to capacity, right? Well, that's why they have they're, so much time to do the TikTok videos. They're predicting 47,000 deaths in a, if in we a, don't do this in right. In a span of what? Between now Six and... Six weeks? Yeah. <laughs> So How's someone, we're listen, mm. I was listening to Justice and Drew this morning, the local radio station, and this guy calls up and he goes, hang on a second, think about this math. He says, if it kills 1% of the people who get it, 1%, okay, there are 5.6 million people in Minnesota. Let's back into their 47,000. 47,000 is 1% of 4.7 million, right? Yeah. If you infect those, if you infect everybody, Everybody now, 4.7, so 900,000 shy of the entire population of the state. Almost everybody. If 80% of the state gets infected now, they don't start to show symptoms for two weeks, right? Because there's a two-week incubation period. Then you wind up with 47,000 deaths if it's 1%. Which it keeps going down. It's because, not 1%. It's 0.03% yeah. of people who it keeps get going it. going down and down. The more die. testing we do, the, the more the, uh, the mortality rate drops too. So what I'm saying is, based on the numbers, if you went around and injected 80% of the state with coronavirus right now, you couldn't kill 47,000 people by July 1st. Yeah. So where is he getting these numbers? He's fucking lying. Who, 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 did he just pull these out of his ass? No, or he's, he... got, he's got his own people. I'd like consults. to know who these people are then. He thinks that between now and July 1st, we could possibly lose as many people as 50% of the entire country has lost in the last eight weeks. Well, why would he keep saying this if you if your initial uh, supposition was, was correct that he thinks that they overstated it and now they're afraid if they just open it up, people are going to Because go... he's got to continue to make it sound bad. Because but eventually he... it's going to catch up. Yeah, but you know what? He's going to think by then, hey, so what? I mean, he got elected in 2018. He's not for re-election for another two years. He's going to look at this and be like, I hope this just goes away. He overstated it. He stuck his neck out because he's a fucking pussy. Well, that's see, that's my inclination. And a follower. Yeah, he's that, not a leader. That was my inclination. That's my. I mean, I didn't think of your angle. My angle was that he's a fucking pussy and that just like the rest of them, they're afraid that if... If he if he lifts restrictions and and all of a sudden there's a small spike in or any kind of spike in deaths that he will get blamed for that he doesn't want to get blamed for that the problem is especially in Minnesota he'll never get blamed for that right the the, the voters in Minnesota the liberal voters the Democrat voters will blame Trump he no. doesn't have to worry about it here's my theory he took his marching orders from the DNC 
He let his political bias uh, say, we got to make this as bad for the president as we possibly can. Look, we were all scared in the first couple of weeks that shit might happen with this, you know, and I will not fault any governor that closed schools. I won't fault a single one of them because you have to keep the kids safe. But let's go back to what Fauci was saying back then. You don't have to worry about this. In February, he was going, we don't have to worry about this virus. He's your genius. Yeah. I'm not saying the guy doesn't know a shit ton about immunology and all this stuff. I'm not saying he's not necessarily exactly the right guy to do this. I'm just saying he's as wrong as wrong can be at some point. And you just have to admit it. Okay? So we're following along with all these people. Well, in the midst of all of this bullshit, as pissed as I am at Walls, I'm watching some of the the stuff like in Wisconsin, Tony Evers' power expired. Because Wisconsin has this great idea in their constitution that they limited the governor's emergency declaration powers to 60 days. Nice. Well, yeah. And they expired yesterday. Yeah. So I saw saw the videos of the bars once they opened. And he's sitting there. Tony Evers is sitting there going, well, it's like the Wild West now. It's like these counties and cities can do whatever the hell they want. Yes, dumbass. Because that's what the fuck this is supposed to be. It's called liberty, freedom. Yeah. He's like, it's like we have no authority over these people anymore. Exactly. And that just showed right there, right there, his mindset. His mindset is he wants government. He He's a guy that wants government control. He wants for your safety. Matt Christensen did a great video on this about, you know, what government is there for. And it is very, there for very little. And one of the main thing is, is to protect your rights. It is not there to take care of you. Well, and to make sure I'm very safe. And those from myself. Yeah. And those <laughs> witches on the view were all mad oh. about, you know, well, see that interview with the, uh, with the beautician, the one that stood up to that yeah. judge. And that was, that was the one they're like, you know, don't you think this is uh this is the government failing to take care of people? The government should fail at taking care of people. It should fail miserably at it because it's not meant to do that. So anyway, I keep getting distracted in the, in the midst of all of this stuff, they start playing all these things from these governors and that evil bitch, Gretchen Whitmer, gets on there and she goes, in that cocky, fucking, smug tone of hers that I just want to slap off her face, she goes, these aren't guidelines. These aren't suggestions. These are orders. I am ordering you to do this stuff. And I'll tell you now what I... And this is not some threat towards Gretchen Whitmer. I never wanted, I was never more motivated to get up off my couch, drive to the gun shop and buy an AR-15. Not to intimidate anyone or anything like that. I'm just like, damn it, we have to start protecting our liberties. Hey, Gretchen, you want a boogaloo? That's how you get a boogaloo. (laughs) That's my uh, Ben Shapiro impersonation. Mm -hmm. She's just... She's doubling down on this stuff. I think we've talked about this for a couple of years in the podcast. I am worried that at some point we're going to have a black flag event. And I've always thought it was going to be somewhere like Texas or something like that. I think it's going to be Michigan if we have one. I She just keeps putting pressure on these guys. And she's on The View. She's this, yeah, media, she's, she's, she's this media darling. Uh, how, how, how does she feel so secure in, the, in that, like her power? Does is that state? I mean, did she? How much did she win by her election? Is that? I don't know, but both houses of the 
Both houses of the state house are run by Republicans. And that's why I don't get why she seems so secure to talk like that. Well, again, and I don't mean to keep beating this dead horse, but we talk all the time about virtuous people. She believes she cannot be wrong. She sits there talking about the science. There is no fucking science that backs up what you're saying. Right. The science shows that you are wrong. You cannot quote science anymore because you don't know what the fuck it is. Well, every one of your models, every single one has been wrong. And they have their experts, which is just like when you talk about climate change, it's 97% of the scientists agree or whatever the fuck the number was. And their, their models are completely wrong all the fucking time. You go back and look at all the, the uh, hyperventilating back from the fucking sixties saying the 70s was going to bring an ice age. And, yeah, we were you know, going to freeze to death. You know, all that shit, it's, it's for, over the years, it's always fucking wrong. And and more so lately, like the Arctic uh, ice cap was was shrinking and it's expanding. The the polar bears were going to run out of ice. Well, all the ice is expanding. There's more ice than the last 20 years. And there's more polar bears too. Right. So uh, so there, who's, who's the authority... Who's the authority you're basing all this on? There's nobody you can say is the absolute authority on fucking anything. And that's why when these two doctors that went on YouTube and got their their video deleted, the ones that were saying, we need to open up. This is the wrong approach. You need to actually, you need to stop wearing masks. You need to get out there. You can't put everybody in a bubble because that'll make people sicker in the long run. Um, you know, you, you can't, you got to be, you have to be exposed to the to the world, you have to be exposed to virus. You have to be exposed to strep. You have strep on your on your skin. Some of it's actually good for you. When you are in the wrong, when you're in the same place, eliminating you know any germs that can affect you. When you're in your home, you're not really interacting with other people. You're cleaning the shit out of everything. That's what they do with people who have uh, compromised immune systems. Right. You know they the, the bubble boy from Seinfeld yeah. or whatever. They put them in those sorts of situations. Your immune system, and this is science, Gretchen, your immune system weakens the less it is tested. Yep. And when you put people inside and then you let them out, then that's that's what's gonna they're gonna they're more likely to get infected. And now the Garcetti, the mayor of Los Angeles, is saying, um, well, we're gonna stay locked down until we have a vaccine. Here's some more science for you, Eric. There's no coronavirus ever that's ever had a fucking vaccine. Yeah. We don't have vaccines for any of them. We don't have it for the flu because it's not a vaccine. It's immunity booster. You get you get a shot for polio, you don't get polio. You get an MMR, measles, mumps, rubella, you don't get measles, mumps, or rubella. Yeah. You get a smallpox immunization, you don't get smallpox. Tetanus, same thing. The list goes on and on. You get a flu shot, you can still get the flu. I understand that there are several strains of the flu and they pick the one they think is most likely to happen. But even if they pick the exact right one, you can still get the flu. It's not a fucking vaccination. Well, even even Fauci, uh, Fauci keeps calling it that, though. Like he's saying, I don't think we'll have a vaccination say, in, a, in a year, but we'll have one. Because we say we'll have we have a flu vaccine. We don't have a fucking flu vaccine. Rooster, rooster, rooster. You, you fail to understand. Do you hate America? We're Americans, and we're uh, uh, our ingenuity will come up with it if you just give it a chance, and you don't kill off the scientists by going out and spreading COVID. How's that AIDS virus coming along? Yeah, exactly. Um, not to get off. Well, I'm getting back on subject, but off subject. Uh, when we're talking about the 
um, immunity and, and how everything we're doing right now is the exact wrong thing to be doing right now. Um, I watched a Dave Cullen video. Uh, he's He goes by computing forever. Mm-hmm. Really good stuff. He's he's one of the top YouTubers for I, I like for just actual information. Um, and he does some deep dives. He does longer videos. But he was going over the science of 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 uh, isolation, like the not just the science of the the physical science of it, but the you know the psychological. So he had all these uh, experts that he was referring to, and, and he actually even talked to one of them, talking about how you know for one, like those two doctors were saying that you need to have exposure to to the outside world, and also one of these you know experts, his expert, you know said that wearing these masks depending on how much um, how well they fit and how much air you're you're blocking you're rebreathing your own exhalation and if you keep doing that over time it's bad for you um, yeah you pass out yeah and you're if when you're not getting fresh air and fresh fresh oxygen your immune system suffers exactly because your body needs it and then also when it comes to the psychological and emotional aspect there's study after study after study about how human contact and touch, is beneficial in healing. I mean, you you can't just put everybody at the six foot thing and and foster distrust of everybody and even your own family basically is what they're trying to do and think you're going to come away healthier from that. You're not. So my mom's a surgeon, okay, and she's she showed me the whole process they do for scrubbing in for surgery. It's like half an hour, twenty minutes long. It's long. And I mean, they're scrubbing under their fingernails with these brushes and they're doing all this stuff. So, and then when they're ready to put their uh, coats on, gown up, they have someone who holds it out for them and they put their hands through it and everything. And then they glove them up and everything. You don't do that stuff yourself. Then you get your mask on. Once your mask is on, even though you have had the shit scrubbed out of you, okay, you haven't touched anything, all that stuff. If you touch your mask, with your sterile latex gloved hands, that mask is no good. You need another mask. And so you get these people going to and from the store with your fucking cloth mask on that you've been breathing into forever. It's got condensation on it, which makes it more likely to attract stuff Yep. when it's wet. Yep. And they're holding it partway around their nose. Yeah, particulates and- do not just bounce off of a moist thing. They stick to it. It is... A fucking placebo hmm? to wear a cloth mask. Absolutely. And I've been the guy who walks past people who shit eye you and go, look at you like you're not wearing a mask. And I'm just like, yeah, whatever. The next one who says to me, where's your mask? I'm going to explode. Yeah. I'm going to fucking lose it. I did think just to lighten it up, I was going to have a Boba Fett helmet. I was going to wear that out. And uh, if somebody goes, you need to have a mask on under there. I'll say I do, and if they say, you need to take the helmet off, I'll be like, this is the way, which is a line from The Mandalorian. They never take their helmets off. Anyway, so uh, my larger theory on what I think is happening here, and I think it's a good thing, but bear with me. To a large degree, it's a good thing. Remember how, remember the Area 51 thing we were talking about? Yeah, where uh, some guy posted that they were going to, everybody hey, should get together and raid Area 51. Can't stop us all. Yeah, and, and find the aliens. Yeah. And there were like 10,000 people who were responding to it going, yeah, it's a good idea. To the point where he had to say, I was kidding. And the federal government was even going, yeah, don't come here because we can stop you. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think, and I think that the Democrats have done this with government. 
is they've always used government as this big hammer. They're going to hit you with at some point. You know, you do this, you know, because we have the rule of law and force of law and everything. So they did it part through guilt and duty and part just through sheer force. But it's sort of like the analogy I used talking to you today of the schoolyard bully, the schoolyard bully who comes and says, I'm, I'm taking your milk money. Give it to me. And you give it to him because if you don't, he's going to beat you up. And then the one day the one kid goes, come and get it. And he goes, I'm going to beat you up and take your money. And the kid goes, yeah, give it a shot. And those bullies almost always back down. And I think based on what I'm seeing, there seems to be sort of this, this sort of big push to government, the bully of people going, you're not taking my fucking milk money. And I worry in the shorter term that that leads to some bad people feeling agency to do some bad things. But I also think to the good in the long run, it's going to cause a bunch of people to go, maybe government can't do all the things it says. And I worry about, I, I both worry and I appreciate the fact that, you know, Whitmer is talking about, and this has happened in other states, but she's the one who's talking the most about it because she really wants to be vice president, I think, um, and she loves being on TV. Uh, I think that she keeps doubling down on this and saying, hey, we're going to stop you. You're going to do what I say. And people are going, "Mm, no, we're not. And each time they say, no, we're not, and nobody does anything. No one's getting arrested at these protests. No one's getting thrown in jail. They're showing up with fucking guns, and you're seeing posts from uh, Democrats in the House and Senate there, the minority parties, going, I don't feel safe here. And I think there's people going, you shouldn't. And overall, I think that's a good thing, because I like that attitude in the country. I worry about what it does with some nut jobs. But for the most part, I think we're sort of getting the sense that, yeah, maybe government should be afraid of its people. And I wonder, using that to go back to that Area 51 example, if there's 10,000 people who signed up to, like, go storm Area 51, and 9,000 of them said, yeah, it's probably not a good idea, there might be 1,000 of them going, I bet you they couldn't stop us all. (laughs) And I think we're starting to see more people do that. I'm hearing business people all the time going, if you shut my business down, I mean, your taxes are due tomorrow. Your property taxes in Minnesota, they're just going, I can't. I can't collect rent. You told me they didn't have to pay. So fuck you. I'm not paying it. Yeah. Well, what happens if people just stop paying their taxes? You know, what happens if people start saying, I'm not doing what you tell me? Then the, uh, the sovereign citizens will feel very justified because they're the ones that say that it's supposed to be voluntary. What happens when you get cops who start posting videos on Facebook going, I'm not enforcing this order. Yeah. What happens, because it's happening, yeah. what's happening, what happens when you get not just your random sheriff or something who's in charge of like a county, but a city council that goes, we're not doing this anymore. Governor Walls, we're not enforcing any executive orders. We are not doing it. I mean, you're getting your sort of uh, virtual version of the Boston Tea Party again. And I think that, so this brings my whole point together. I think people like Walls are starting to go, 
shit, if I don't start letting some steam out of this, if I don't let some water out of the dam, um, and I keep doubling down on this, what happens if they just rush Area 51? Because I can't stop them all. And not only do they not, can't they stop them all, a lot of the people they have who are meant to stop them are going to be like, I ain't stopping you. What about the uh, polls or whatever that you've seen from Minnesota? You're saying that like 83% of the citizenry believe that the shutdown's right and we need to extend it. I never trust anybody who doesn't cite their sources. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing lately well, from the mainstream media. just yesterday, Gretchen Whitmer said that. Yeah. Tony Evers said that. Uh, Tim Walls said that. They said, overwhelmingly, the polls show. What polls? Yeah. Cite and, it. And, and, Pew, Rasmussen, and, what, Gallup? And, and then tell me... How are polls been accurate the last few years, especially like during the election cycles? How 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 can you trust any polls? Tell me what the polls were, because if I know what the polls who's, were, who's your sample? What's your sample? What's your target sample audience? Are you sampling just Democrats or? <laughs> if you tell me what the Pew poll is, if you tell me what the Rasmussen poll is, I can find out what the questions were that you asked. You know, it's like that yeah, thing they always questions. The yeah. thing that they always do with the NRA, they'll say. Uh, the NRA opposes background checks. No, they don't. The NRA pushed for background checks. They want to see, they want to see it tied into the mental health stuff. But they'll say uh, the NRA opposes background checks, which is not true. And they go ninety five percent of um, of citizens of the country believe we should have background checks. Right? Yeah. Because if you ask, should we have background checks to buy guns? Nine out of ten people are going to go yes. Yeah. Have a background check. Oh, by the way, we have them. Well, I mean, everybody, even even super pro Second Amendment people like me, believe you have to have a background check because you have some jackass walking to a store who's not an American citizen, some fucking uh, MS-13 gang member just fresh over the border from Mexico. Yeah, I think we need to figure out if that guy should have a gun. Right, but my point is, it depends on the question you ask. Yeah. So what did they ask to get the result they wanted, and who conducted the poll? That's what I want to know. Yeah. That's what I want to know. And when you can't cite that stuff, I think you're full of shit. It's the same thing as when somebody says, when you go, where do you get that? And they go, everybody knows that. Mm. You know, 95% of scientists support uh, the global warming. No, they don't. Women make 87 cents on the dollar. Yeah. You can trace that whole thing with the scientists for global warming. You can trace that back to one study. I think it was 150 scientists. That was it. Yeah. That's what they cite all the time. It's complete bullshit. It's a consensus. But I honestly <laughs> believe that some of these Democratic governors are sort of looking around going, if they rush the fence, we can't stop them. And I think people in government are starting to feel scared. Not scared that they're going to be attacked like physically attacked or you know we're going to tar and feather people not like that but i think it's just like what makes the monetary system work is people's belief in the currency what makes government's power work over people is people's belief or willingness to submit to it and you're getting an awful lot of people who are starting to say i will not comply i, I here's the problem i see the they're if you take if you take uh, what they're doing, they have been doing in the past for like since the I don't know, sixties or even earlier. They've been doing like an incremental kind of like whittling away of 
rights or of, of identity of American identity. So they want to make more and more people, you know, on the government dole. They right. want more and more people to not believe liberty is your number one, you know, um, uh, the number one um, aspect of an American is, is to believe in liberty. and It's an American people. virtue. Yeah. And so they're trying to whittle that way. They've been doing it slowly over the years by taking over academia and the media and, uh, you know, entertainment, all that kind of stuff. But now they're ramping it up. And why? Is it because is it because of the threat of an outsider like Trump getting in and shaking shit up, and then they have to kind of they're gonna they're gonna lose ground, and they don't want that, so they're they're getting desperate. No, I, I don't I understand it... because they are doing stupid shit. That if they if they just slow their roll, I'm I'm so pessimistic that if they slow their roll, it's like putting the frog in the pot to boil. He doesn't know, you know. It, I think that's what we've been doing, and that's been working. But I think I I really think what it is is most people. Um, who are conservative tend to just sort of keep to themselves, bitch about it, but not get super active. And that's why I think all the polling was wrong on Hillary Clinton. I think that they, because you, you've been guilty of this. I admit I was guilty of it. Someone goes, who'd you vote for in the presidential election? Did you vote for Trump? And you're like, nah, I didn't vote for Hillary. They'll be like, you voted for Trump? You go, eh, no, you know? We've all done that, depending on the crowd we're in. And not that you're scared. It's just like, I don't want to want to at a party in a room full of liberals at that point, right after the election, say I voted for Trump. Because if we're at that party, now we got to leave. Yeah. You know? Because it's just going to be a fucking argument I don't want to have. I saw this meme the other day. It said, life is short. You should spend most of your time arguing politics with people on Facebook. You know, you don't want to at this party where you're having fun with people you genuinely like being around. You know, the remember the safety pin crowd? Yeah. Right after he got elected. You don't want to in the midst of a safety pin crowd start going, yeah, fuck you. I voted for Trump. No, it's just not that you're not that you're ashamed that, that you did it. No, you're if, just, you're, if you're trying to have interaction with people that have different viewpoints than you that aren't your enemy, that you don't believe are your enemy. Um, you're not going to start shit and, and make a scene and be that guy. Yeah. But if you're going there to people that you don't give a shit about, yeah, you're going to say, fuck you, I voted for Trump. But if you have friends that get, you know, are 98% of the time, they're they're fun to hang out with. You just don't talk politics. And you realize if you do start talking politics with those friends and, and that crowd, that it's, that it's going to raise a huge stank. It's like throwing a fucking, it's like walking in with a shoe full of shit and throwing it in the middle of the room. Right. So we've all been guilty of that at some point. You know, my... I honestly think we all have, but you, you know, in the midst of all this, there were all of these people who said, yeah, I, I voted for Trump. You know, I, they watch all this shit on CNN or MSNBC or even Fox sometimes and they go, this is bullshit. They don't make a big noise about it. They don't answer polls. And when they do, someone goes, you going to vote for Trump? And they go, no, because this is some stranger. They don't know. They don't care. And then what do they do? They vote for Trump. They just don't want to get into it. And I think I think that's why all the polling is wrong. So based on that idea, I think there are a lot of people who saw this slipping. I, I don't disagree with you. That's been, a, you know, liberty disappearing like the frog being boiled a degree at a time. And then they rolled somebody like Hillary out there. And people went after Obama, who was a terrible president. Mm. I mean, he rolled back tons of liberties. He caused all sorts of racial divide and... uh the whole scandal shit that he's got, and we'll get into in a minute here. I think people went, we're going from him to her, 
No fucking way. And they answered the poll questions the same way. Who are you going to vote for, Donald Trump or Hillary? I don't know yet, or I'll vote for Hillary or whatever. And then they, they fully intended to vote for Trump. So those people, I don't think, go to these things. They don't go to big rallies. And now they're finally going, okay, enough. I've had enough. Yeah, and I think because of that, like Barry Gold, I've mentioned this before, Barry Goldberg mentioned in his book Bias in the very beginning, he goes, the reason the media has a bias is they all live in the Upper West Side of Manhattan, which is one of the most liberal parts of the country. Same thing with Twitter. All the blue checkmark people, there's a very small percentage of people in the country. It's like 1% on Twitter. Most of them are media types or Hollywood types or whatever. They all generally have the same bent, 95% of them, I'm going to guess. Same political bent. And so they sit in a room where nobody disagrees with them. And uh, Barry Goldberg says, if they did the nightly news from Tuscaloosa, Alabama, or Oklahoma City, the second they got off the plane, they would find people who disagree with them. But in their room where they talk about all this stuff, nobody disagrees with them. And there's no better example than what Chuck Todd did this last Sunday when he took Bill Barr's comments, where they asked Bill Barr, um, Catherine Heritage, who used to be with Fox, she's with or Heritage. She's with CBS News now. She goes, what do you think history is going to think of this whole thing? And he goes, history is largely written by the winners. He goes, it really is going to come down to who kind of wins. And he sort of chuckles. Chuck Todd cuts it right there and goes, well, first of all, he says, that's really disturbing. I mean, he's right. He goes, but he's the attorney general. And he doesn't even bother to mention the rule of law. The next fucking sentence out of his mouth was... Of Barr's mouth. Of Barr's mouth that they edited was, but I think in the end, I'm paraphrasing, people will understand because we followed the rule of law. Yeah. And nobody in that fucking room at NBC went, he he just said that. They just went, yeah, fuck it, edit it, do it. Because our audience will eat that shit up. And so they had to apologize for it. But it's that same non-apology apology. Well, yeah, they blame, like, they blame somebody else. They said, they, you know, we, we made the mistake of not, and I'm sorry, but we made the mistake of, of playing an edited clip. We didn't edit it. We didn't get the full story. But that's your fucking job, isn't it, to get the context, to get the full story. You guys, you fuckers are the ones that tell us that we need to, they need, you need to go through the news to, to tell us how to how to interpret you interpret the news to tell us how we need to interpret it they've they've said something to those to that effect before where they go you know you listen to us to get our perspective because you know we you know we we make the news yeah basically they've said that before yeah they and they i can't remember who said this but he said basically you have to listen you know you have the reason we're here is to 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 tell you what without so many words how what to think about the news we Which, have to pass the news yeah. to know what's in the news. Yeah, but but that's that's their attitude. It's like it's like they have to, they have to, um, they have to spin it. They have to spin it a certain way in order to present it to us in a way that manipulates us. And and they're bold about it. They're blatant about it. Yeah. And they they even when they don't actually specifically edit like blatantly, they edit by not by not reporting. But there's my point is there's no one in that room who disagrees with them. Yeah. Barr's an idiot. We're justified in doing this. Go ahead and do it. 
Who's the person who goes, that's just flat out unethical? There isn't one because they're all from the same place. They all believe the yeah. same shit. And there's no consequences. And Right. And there are no consequences. If, and I'm not suggesting this, but if as an, uh, as an example, you just said, hey, whoever, whoever does that gets fired. I mean, fired. Or, hey, whoever does that gets hauled out and beaten. I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying if there is an immediate consequence that people understand, you know, why do you spank your kids? Yes, I have spanked my kids. Why? Because my dad had this great line once. He goes, kids need an immediate physical manifestation of your displeasure. <laughs> I like it. It's a great line. But so getting into this Flynn shit, they cooked the books on him. I don't know Flynn. I I mean, I don't know anything about him. But he always seemed to be, I'm going just by looks and the things I've heard him say. I've always thought he was kind of a shady guy anyway. But it just came out that there were, between the time Trump was elected and the time he was going to take office, there were something like 50 unmaskings of just Flynn by 39 different people, one of them being Joe Biden. Why the fuck is the outgoing vice president unmasking someone in a conversation eight days before he leaves the goddamn office? Yeah. Do you know why? So they can say, hey, let's keep stirring shit against these guys. And Mike Lee, senator from Utah, the one uh, that isn't useless, uh, said, he goes, uh, this is the first time in the United States history, I don't know if that's true, he goes, we haven't seen a peaceful transfer of power. Barack Obama and his cronies, Tapper, or uh, not Tapper. Rice. That's Jake. I was thinking. Not Jake Rice. Um, well, Rice is one of yeah, them. Yeah, she's part of the crew. Uh, Brennan, Comey, those guys mm -hmm. all tried to do this. Chris Hayes from MSNBC was just interviewed just the just the other day, and he is still pushing. Well, that's why we got Russian interference in our elections. There is no evidence. None. Mueller did that whole investigation. And yeah, Russia tries to interfere with our elections, but just like we try and interfere with other countries' elections. But there is no proof anywhere that Trump colluded with Russia. And what we're finding now... That Russia would have preferred to have Hillary. Because I, I can't remember this guy's name. Yeah, I was listening I, to I Buck Sexton on the exactly way over here. About, and though. he goes... It, it's like... It, I think it starts with a G, like Gerard or yeah. something like that. He is he is just going, well, let's declassify this document and let's unredact this document. And you can see all of these people who are requesting these things. And, I mean, the, the uh, ambassador to the United Nations, Powers, she had something like 200 requests in her name. She goes, I don't know about that. I don't know why someone would request it in my name. Buck Sexton is going, they can't request it in your name. Right. You have to put out why you want it. And yep. then they grant it or don't grant it. But why the hell does why the hell does the ambassador to the UN have anything to do with the intelligence community? Well they're they're all they're all joined at the hip basically, these these deep state actors. They all working and you know, this whole image of the uh of the cabal sitting around the table and deciding what they're gonna do. I mean, this is as close as you can get to that. 
Clapper was the guy I was thinking. Isn't it? No, I mean, this is as close as you can get to that. See, I don't think it was deep state because I think if you look at all of these people, they're all Democrats. I think they are. Yeah, but they're all part of this collusion to try to to destroy uh, uh, the election, to actually subvert an an election and say, we're going to try to make it so this guy, yeah, he got elected, but he's not going to make it past the first 30 days because we fucking, we're going to get him. Well, deep state to me implies that party doesn't matter anymore, Mm -hmm. that they're just people in their positions protecting their positions. probably true to a certain extent. This is not showing that. This is showing that this is mostly partisan. I guess my distinction is the swamp. I think of the swamp as what you just said. That's when when he says we're draining the swamp. Um, but deep state, I think, is more of the you know the ones that have power and ability to make change, make things happen. But deep state to me seems less partisan and more about power. And mm. this is turning out to be completely partisan. Well, I said, I guess not but completely, the, but mostly. Yeah, but the the way the the way the partisan stuff's been going lately, it's just a. I think we're getting we're getting like the fringe, and they're they're basically. It's a team sport now, you know, left versus right, Democrat yeah. versus Republican. We're rooting for and jerseys. M- more and more and more, there's no idea of compromise or what's best for the country. It's what's best for my party or best for my team. And I think that's uh, all the way up the ladder at this point. Yeah, but I what I'm saying is I don't think it doesn't appear to me from what is being released that there were many Republican people right. who were saying, yeah, let's get rid of Trump. Yeah, I still I still think they're they're deep staters. I, mean, I think there's a lot of Republicans who would have liked to have gotten rid of Trump, yeah. but it doesn't appear that a lot of them are doing the request for this stuff. And, and it's worth it's worth mentioning that Durham, the special prosecutor who's going after this stuff, apparently he's a Democrat. Hmm. But he's a principled guy who's like wrong is wrong and I'm gonna dig it out. I think we need to talk a little bit though, because I was confused about this, what unmasking actually means. And that's they have um, the the security apparatus, uh, the CIA, FBI, all that. They do surveillance of foreign foreign nationals or foreign countries and right. their communications with people within the United States, and they have the ability to record that um, and and analyze it. But they can't. It's you, you can't have that against an American citizen. You can't name that citizen, or you can't. Right. Is so, that how that works? Because I'm not exactly sure how it works. But you can't, even if you're surveilling a foreign operative or foreign national, if they're talking to an American citizen, you can't, you've got to protect that American citizen's identity unless right. you're going to go for criminal charges. So Buck Sexton was, again, he was explaining this probably better than I've heard anyone explain it before. He said, okay, you've got, you know, American diplomat one or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not exactly how he described it, but basically, you know, American person number one. Uh, and you see the conversation. And then it'll be like, in this case, Ambassador, is it Kislyak? Kislyak, yeah, from Russia. And you see the whole conversation. And if there's something in there where they start talking about, you know, he starts saying, well, you know who is going to do you know what. And they go, what are they talking about there? We need to find out who that is. Um, and then they can ask for that. But the point is they kept asking for it. And it was just Flint. I mean, they they have other end maskings, but Flynn had an an, a ludicrously high percentage of it in a very very short window. They decided they were going. Yeah, they focused on him because they thought he was the weak link that they could use to. Well, and 
Obama fired Flynn. Yeah, and yeah, they had a they had a thing against him anyway. But did you hear Rice's uh, conversation about? So she was the uh, what? She was the Secretary of Intelligence or whatever. Her job was basically to handle. It was a cabinet position for intelligence. She interviewed Flynn, and she was asking him about Russia. And this is this is her uh, release transcript of this testimony. She, and the testimony, by the way, which all of these people, Schiff, Rice, everybody who went on TV and said, we have the goods on Trump with Flynn, blah, blah, blah. When when Adam Schiff went on TV and goes, yep, we're going to be releasing. Oh, absolutely. We, we got have it. it. We yep. got it. When they put him under oath and he had to testify, he goes, yeah, we didn't see anything. Mm-hmm. So you just fucking lied on television. Yeah. You just did. You know? And I think for some people, there may not be charges here, but I think some people's political careers are going to be over. Yeah, it's not enough for me. Well, maybe it's not enough, but if it's the best you can get, I'll take it. Mm. But anyway, so in Rice's conversation, she said, I asked him about Russia, Flynn, and he goes, Russia's not important. They're not a superpower anymore. They're a regional power. We need to worry about China. <laughs> and she said, that's when I knew he wasn't a serious candidate. About oh, oh, boy. I remember that now. Yeah. The Obama administration focused on Russia all the time, despite making fun of, I do have to give Mitt Romney credit on this. He was talking about Russia being a danger, and and uh, Obama's like, it's the, the 90s. The 80s are, called. Yeah. They the want their foreign policy about, back. Yeah, yeah. Fuck off. So... That, and when you total it with the Fast and Furious stuff, which I heard Katie Pavlich, who wrote a book about this, mm-hmm. interviewed, and she's talking about the hundreds of thousands of guns the Obama administration dumped in Mexico without telling the Mexican ATF about it. One of the fifty caliber rifles they bought, you El, know where it wound up? Chapo. Wound up in El Chapo's compound. Yeah. I mean, they think even now, these people who are being murdered by cartels in Mexico, and it's a bloodbath down there, are being killed with American guns. That were, the Obama that administration were speci- dumped Yeah, them. specifically brought because of the Obama administration did their Fast and Furious um, plan to, to supposedly trace guns to... I, I don't even know what the fucking purpose of this was. The it purpose sounds- was, according to Katie Pavlich, was for the guns to get to Mexico and then find their way north. And so they could say, we need stricter gun laws because Americans are selling guns to Mexicans. That's some bullshit right there. I know. It's fucking evil. Yeah, that's that's fucking straight up evil. Yeah. It's just, it's sick. Well, and that's the thing why I, I get so fucking frustrated. There's so many instances where these motherfuckers should be like in jail. Their lives should be fucking ruined. And the only people that seem to get shit happening to them are the people that are pro Trump or on the right. They're fucking thrown in jail or their lives are ruined or they're destroyed financially. You hear about it left and fucking right. Roger Stone, I Manafort, right there. There's, was that the other one? Yeah. I, the more I've looked in the Roger Stone thing, the more I think he is a little dirty. I mean, I know I get it, but here's the thing. I'm not Manafort. They, they talk about, I get Manafort and uh, Papadopoulos uh, mixed up. But Manafort got busted for some shit he did prior yeah. to working for Trump, some tax evasion well, or misappropriation of 
of uh, funds. Or they something. tried to fuck up uh, Kate McFarlane, Katie McFarlane. They tried to fuck her over too, and try to get her, you know, along with um, Flynn. Um, and she was too savvy to kind of fall into it. Yeah, she saw it coming. Yeah, but but they they and the thing is though, it seems to me that everybody on the left gets a slap in the wrist. Gets a golden parachute. Gets you know they just have to shuffle jobs or retire. That's it. That's all that fucking happens. And well, it's getting so goddamn frustrating. It happens to people on the right too. It just depends on who your powerful friends are. But you know this this whole thing that. When, uh, you know, Comey Smugly said, hey, yeah, I just sent a couple agents over and interviewed him. When they went over there, and Andrew McCabe was one of them, who when Comey was out, McCabe wound up running the FBI. When they sent him over, Flynn said, do I need an attorney? He said, no, you don't need an attorney. We're just asking you some questions. They are legally required to tell him he needs an attorney. Yeah. And they lied to him. But that's par for the course. That's from Comey. Comey is the one that leaked uh, classified information to a friend of his, knowing it would get into the uh, media, and then admitted to it. Yeah. And, and nothing happened from it. I Lois know. Lerner is another one for, from the uh, IRS that oh. fucking admitted what she did and just got a golden parachute, got to retire with a shitload of money. And I can't, I can't say anything about Lois Lerner on this, but as far as Comey and McCabe and all that stuff goes, I just want to say let's wait and see. Because apparently there's more coming from oh, Durham. I just, I want to wait and it's see. It's got to happen eventually. I mean, it's been, we've just been led by our noses thinking that, okay, the shoe's going to fucking finally drop and there's going to be some goddamn justice. We're not going to see a two-tier system where you've got a guy in a submarine that takes a photo in a, in a restricted area because he just wants to show his family and gets fucking court-martialed for it. And then if uh, if you get something done ten times worse by uh, by a, a, a Democrat official, it's not even a slap on the wrist. It's like, well, you know, do better. Yeah, I'm, I'm fucking sick of it. And we, I want to go back to this whole. I think you're more optimistic about the American people too. In this situation, that's that's happening. I, I'm not. I, I think we've got that incremental fucking erosion of the American spirit for so long. And I think there's there's. I think we're past the point i think our our breaking point is 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 come and gone and i think there's more people out there that aren't don't have an american spirit that want to be taken care of want the government they basically want socialism like the bernie bros and i i'm not i'm not optimistic about it because we even me and you have accepted a lot of erosion of liberty that the founding fathers and a lot of these guys that we respect would see us doing going, what the fuck are you doing? Letting Have them, we, what are you letting them monitor your Have phone we? for? What are you letting you put, you've got that little thing in your pocket that, that they're, that they're tracking your movements. No, no, stomp on that. Get rid of that. Say, fuck no. See, I don't, I don't turn the GPS locator on my phone at and, all. And I do. And the thing, and even without the GPS locator, they, they, they can find you on that. Yeah, thing. they can, but it's harder. And, you know, all these accounts where you just check, check the box, check the box, check the box on these social media accounts and, and they See, know everything fucking about you. I don't Every, check the box on all that stuff. You're, then, you're a, then you're a diamond in the rough or, you know, a, what do you, not diamond in the rough, what's the term? One in uh, a million. One in a million, yeah. Um, but most of us that kind of consider ourselves like, hey, I, I, I look up to the founding fathers. I like the, the founding principles and uh, liberty, rah, rah, you know privacy and then you look around all the shit you've given up you go hey, if, if you want to get on a fucking airplane you got to just sit there and let them fucking squeeze your balls i guess you know what i'm talking about yeah i i think the airplane thing is different 
But, but I mean, it's just one example of if you were really look into uh, like the, the privacy issue stuff where you're basically giving up every every aspect of your of your liberty and your privacy and your and and uh, and it's all for an illusion of safety because we're no in, in some aspects we're worse off. We're not safer than we than we were before. But I, I I'm going to disagree on the whole thing about we've just given into it. I think some people have because I think some people will exchange a little bit of safety for or liberty excuse me, a little bit of liberty for a lot of safety. And like Benjamin Franklin says, you deserve neither at that point. But that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm one I, of those guys that has that. given up stuff. And I look, if you look at it, you go, fuck, I've given up a lot of liberty. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. And yeah, I, think see, there's, I, think they've, I think they've got us. I'm conscious of that stuff all the time. But here's where I think sort of that fighting spirit comes in. I will agree that there, there may be, I don't know for sure, because it's hard to tell, there definitely in your if you're in a big city there are more people who are willing to exchange safety if you get out into rural areas there's a lot of people with the don't tread on me kind of attitude but my question would be how many does it really take even if they outnumber you 5 to 1 how many does it really take it doesn't take that many because again walk through uh walk through a store without a mask on and watch everybody shit at you Oh yeah, and just go fuck off, and they all do. Nobody gets in your face and says that. You might get a a Karen here or there who will, because she's some forty five year old woman who knows you're not gonna punch her in the mouth in public. But no guy's gonna stand there and tell you you gotta wear a goddamn mask. Do you want to take this outside? They're all gonna be like that dick, and they'll walk away. People who stand firm on their ground. I think rarely find people who will try and roll over the top of them on that stuff. And I think you see that even like in, you know, stupid Facebook arguments people get into. If you disagree with a room full of Obama supporters, they'll pile on you 20 to 1. That doesn't mean they win. And it frustrates them all the more when you sit there and say, you're stunning and brave. You know, stuff like that. And they start calling you names. You're like, I don't even need to call you names. You don't have an argument, you know? People can't, people who need the mob, you know, those who need government to take care of them, they don't have the spine to stand up to people who are willing to stand up to them. And it goes back to that bully thing again. I believe people like Walls have the entire force of government behind them. And they're worried that 2,000 people showing up to a rally can pull back the curtain on them. And this is where I'll give Whitmer some credit. She honestly believes she can make those people bend the knee. And I think there's a whole shit ton of people there who are saying, we're not doing it. I hope you're right. And you know, one more thing about her, like having piled on her enough, she keeps talking about how these are racists and bigots and all that's the worst part of America who shows up because they had a... They had a confederate... There were confederate flags and there was a... Nazi, Nazi flags. No. There was one Confederate flag. There was one Nazi flag. And they were there to protest her. They yeah. were saying... Yeah, the Nazi sign was saying, you're the this Nazi. This is you. Yeah, Whitmer. I don't know about the Confederate flag, but... Yeah, same thing. Just... Yeah. Uh, she's... She's the fucking worst. And by the way, did you hear what's going on in Germany? Tim Poole brought this up? No. There are people in Germany, this happened a couple days ago, rioting, yelling freedom... And guess what's happening to them? The police are showing up in riot gear and beating them. Has this ever happened in Germany before? (laughs) 
Who are the fascists? Really? I've seen video. Was this Germany or was it Australia? I can't remember where it was where I saw the video where they, the parents with some children out in public weren't social distancing good enough. So the police got called and they got in an argument. And guess what they did? Took, what? took the kids away from the parents. I think that was Australia. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. Yeah. See, that's the stuff. That's the stuff where I think um, Americans are different. Because first of all, I don't think there are many cops that would try and do that. There's some, but I think most people would be like, "You're not going to get away with that," you know. I did hear a great line about uh, Australia the other day. It says, uh, "Everyone needs to realize that," or they said, "Let's just admit it: uh, Australians are British Texans." <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So. Yeah, I was, we were talking about. Um um, wall, uh, the racial aspect of this now that's coming into play. Walls, our governor did the same thing. In oh his yeah, speech. because it's in it's a, the this virus is affects, attacking yeah. uh, people of color more. Yeah, if it, it affects people of color more, so we have to be you know hyper um, vigilant of that, and we have to um, accommodate more because whatever the fuck his terminology was, it was this same same old pitting people against each other. It's the same old. You know, putting people into tribes in order to keep us separate. Instead of being Americans, we are we have our separate identities that we have to stick to. And he says that because that's the the democratic talking points from a spineless little bitch. He is a spineless little fuck, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He really is. I mean, so. and his whole thing about well, last week I was gonna get last month I was gonna give you an A for the way you were oh, hiding out, and now I have to give you a D. Come on, Minnesota, Be- because we're we can pushing do back because we're pushing it back against your bullshit. I just want to see somebody walk up and slap him. Yeah, you know, I yeah, just we do. might as well just call him PC principal at this point. Yeah, you know, God, I just I I want to know, you know, who took his balls? I mean, he doesn't have any. No, at of this course point. not. But I mean, this idea that a virus, which is not like a, even like a bacteria, which is alive, a virus is a dead thing that mutates. It's not a, it's not a, not Ebola. It's not a live organism. But this dead thing has disproportionately decided to attack black people because white people are racist. It's stupid. It's just stupid. Right. And it's not the kind of thing smart people believe. But, it's the people who consider themselves the uh, the uh, educated elite that are telling us this. Fuck off. Well, these progressive types that have infiltrated everything, academia, government, especially the Democrats, that's their bread and butter is to try to tie racial inequity into everything. And the, the, the impetus of it, or the if you trace it all back, it's the founding fathers, the racist white founding fathers of this country. So n- no wonder why you know people are thinking... You know that have been trained not to appreciate the American spirit because it's all founded on racism. But look, the progressives are losing. Yeah, they're starting to lose. I mean, they're they're cutting AOC from the from the herd. They're primarying her. Well, Biden's going to bring him in on one of her commit one of his committees or whatever when he when he's elected. Tucker had it the other day. He was asked. It showed her interviewing somebody in a congressional hearing about climate change. And how, you know, it's mostly white people causing it at the expense of mostly brown people. And they had some guy in there, not a scientist, just go, mm-hmm, no question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, come on. And He drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. And uh, He's a true Tucker, believer. Sits there, yeah, Tucker sits there and goes, yeah, uh, this is all we need to see. 
But did you hear what uh, Google did now? They had their diversity thing, Sojourn, they called it. Oh, another one? They got rid of it. What? And James Damore, the guy who got fired from Google for saying... For questioning it and saying this is not right. He dropped his lawsuit. Tim Poole goes, look, there could be a different... There could be lots of different reasons. Maybe Damore ran out of money or whatever. He goes, but isn't it interesting that it that sojourn disappears. So in other words, their diversity thing, their whole... Their uh, push, their drive. Their whole push for yeah. diversity, their whole program for it went away hmm. the exact same time that Damore dropped his, dropped his suit. I'm thinking there's a little payout involved here. Poole's theory is that Google wanted to save face and said, all right, look, we'll make this thing go away if you'll drop your suit and we'll pay us some money or something. And Damore went, all right, cool. Yeah. And they're like, but you have a gag order and you can't say anything. Oh, uh, $20 million? Sure, I'll get I'll get order the hell out of that. But right, my point I'll is... I'll choke on that fucking gag order. <laughs> <laughs> Should have Sparrow Hawk here to <laughs> sound effects. But regardless, um, it, it, this stuff isn't holding up. And I think, I think we've reached a point where the pendulum is swinging back from the left side to the right. And even reasonable... Let's face it, it's, it's anti... Hillary Democrats who got Trump elected. If you just go with straight Republicans or you just go with straight Democrats, we don't elect any president by a majority, you know? And so to have, to have Trump get elected, there have to be liberals in there who voted for him because they were sick and tired of seeing people like her thrown out there. Right. And I think if we hadn't run some you know, jackass like McCain against Obama the first time we might have gotten somewhere. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I know I said I was a fan of Mark Cuban, still am, still would vote for him if you ran. The more I see of Dan Crenshaw, God, I like that guy. He's just, he's just so well-paced and reasonable and doesn't buy into any of the hype. Yeah, it's funny. I actually, you know, I've got my issues with some things Crenshaw said and done. I still like the guy, but I've got some questions. Um, But I found myself quoting him the other day to some uh, person a liberal person that uh, we started talking politics out of the blue and um, very inconsistent in his beliefs. You know, gun owner, gun owner, and and uh, but thought this guy you were talking yeah, about, yeah, and, and, and thought that gun should be and it was all over the all over the place. You know, uh, abortion, everything. It's just like it made no sense to me. But I ended up quoting Crenshaw about because he talked about how Trump is oh Trump keeps telling everybody things be great it's gonna be great and 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 you know this that and he's telling that that this um, Fauci wants to extend it and Fauci knows he's talking but but Trump says oh it's gonna be fine I go yeah but you know what if you talk to someone like uh, someone who's served in the military like Dan Crenshaw you know who that is oh he got the eye patch oh yeah he says he served in the military he goes you know uh, Bill Maher asked him. Exactly. You know, um, how can you how can you go along with this? How can you follow this guy? This guy's, you know, um, I'm telling you, telling you what you want to hear or, or, or um, blue sky, whatever he's fucking said. And Crenshaw goes, yeah, calm, calm breeds calm in a situation. You don't raise your voice in stress because you're just going to make chaos with everybody or you make people, you know, I'm not quoting him directly. You probably have it better than I do. But I said, yeah, Crenshaw said, yes, that's exactly what you want to hear from your leadership. You want optimism. You want you want calm. A calm voice, reassuring voice, because otherwise, you know, you got chaos, you got panic. Well, I was talking to somebody who works for me today, who's fairly new in a position, and I was, and you know, she's saying, you know, I'm trying not to, I'm trying to do my best here, I'm trying not to freak out, and I was, I wasn't getting after her. I'm like, look, you're gonna be okay, you're gonna get through this and all that stuff, and 
And uh, she said, thanks. I really appreciate you being calm about that whole thing. And I'm like, yeah, it's, you know, you, you're doing your best. And when we fall down, we get back up on the bike. Nobody's going to die. Yeah. Right. And what's going to happen if you flip out on her? Well, that's what I told her. I said, one of the people who works for me for 20 years now, who she knows, I said, she told me one day years ago, how come you never freak out? And I said, there's times I put the phone down and go, holy shit, what am I going to do? And she goes, you do? And I said, yeah, but what would happen if I did that in front of you? She goes, I'd probably cry. She goes, I'd feel like, oh my God, yeah. now what? How would that help the situation? Yeah. And I'm like, there's... exactly. I love that, you know, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy book. In the in the book, they talk about the actual Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Right in the front, it says, don't panic. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and there's never been a point where panicking has been good advice. Right. I challenge you to find anywhere where somebody goes, now's where you should panic, where they weren't being all ironic. But but even just giving everybody all the bad news and saying, this is going to be a shit show, this is terrible, without any optimism or without any, like... Being part of the problem as opposed to part of the solution. That's the, what that is. It's like, yeah, you can point out all the negatives. You can point out all day, but what the fuck are you going to do about it? Then shut the fuck up and let somebody who can do something about it talk. I remember I remember when I was, I, I uh, had a trainer for a while. I mean, you met him. Mm -hmm. And the guy's in serious shape. And I hadn't, I hadn't worked out like with weights or anything for years. And uh, he, he puts me through like the first sort of, preliminary kind of let's see how this is going to go thing. He goes, all right. And that was on a Friday. He goes, come back Monday. We'll start out. And he goes, he goes, I don't want you to be afraid or anything like that. I'm like, why would I be afraid? He goes, he goes, you haven't worked out like with weights in five years. I said, yeah. He goes, this is going to hurt. He goes, it's, it's going to hurt. You know, I just want you to understand that. And I'm like, okay. And to this day, I look at that and go, if he had told me, you're just going to be fine. It's no big deal. You know, I'd have been like, I, I remember two weeks into it being so sore one day I said, I laid on the couch and didn't move. You know, I was just sore. But what he told me was he set my expectation saying, this is going to be bad. It's going to hurt. Okay. And here's why it's going to hurt. But here's what's on the other side of that. Here's, but the, we're here's, gonna, the, here's the positive. But we're going to be fine. Yeah. Okay. We're going to get through this whole thing. You'll be fine. And I remember one day, months, maybe even years into working out with him, I was doing lunges across the gym with 30 pounds in each hand. You know, that's heavy stuff yeah. for doing lunges. It's tough doing lunges just with body weight. Yep. And uh, so in between sets, I'm laying on the ground and he's eating an apple. And he just, I, I looked up at him and I said, I don't like lunges. And he goes, look around this gym. It's packed. I look around. I said, what? He goes, Anybody else here doing legs? And I said, no. And he goes, yeah. He goes, there you go. And I said, why is that? And he just shrugs and goes, because it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, I thought about that at that point. Here I am in this gym kicking my own ass doing something that's really hard because I got this guy here who's like, you're going to be fine. Yeah. We're going to do this. We're going to get through it. And he's telling you this is going to be, you're going to get results. It's going to be good for you. Yeah. And so Trump is up there saying, look, we're going to have a lot of people die. It, you know, but we're going to be okay. Yeah. And that's what you want to hear. And they say there's, there's no FDR fireside chat to Trump. He's a fucking buffoon and all that. He does that stuff in his own way. May not always like it. I don't always like it. But what he does do, because I think he's got a lot of experience as a leader in the corporate world, is goes, look, we're going to get through this stuff. And yeah, 
Sometimes he lies to you by saying stuff like, this virus is going to go away. No serious scientist, I think, believes that it will go away. It's always going to be there, just like SARS or MERS. Or, or the flu that we get every year is yeah. basically a mutation of those things uh, are old, there. old flu. You know? But he's just saying, we're going to get through this. The Spanish flu, right? Isn't that what the... The Spanish flu killed millions but isn't, of But isn't this a mutation of that, the flu we get every year? I'm almost I, sure it is. I don't know. I, I would be talking out of my ass if I even said I had an idea. I guess I could I could say, well, I heard. Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, don't don't quote me, I guess. But the point is, the guy is showing up there every day going, here's what we're going to do. And you may not like the way he says it, you know, but I don't know. I think Trump put some good people under him. I really do. Yeah. And I think that's what good leaders do. They, you know, when they'll say, they talk about his thing about, hey, is there any way to get those? He didn't say... Uh, inject Lysol into people. And he goes, is there any way to get disinfectant into people? And Burks is looking at him like, what are you talking about? And he's just sort of spitballing and everything. Yeah. I don't think for a second he thought you should be injecting bleach or disinfectant into people. Right. I think he thought, eh, there's someone to do something like that. It's, and they like, go, it's kind of like thinking outside the box and, and you know, just giving people spitballing so people can go, oh, I can, I can go off of that idea and come up with something. Right, and he makes the mistake of doing that in front of the press, right, exactly. which he shouldn't do. But they'll sit there and say, oh, listen to that big dummy. But at the same time, when he wants to be at these, they'll be like, why are you even talking? You're not a doctor. <laughs> so I remember hearing this quote years ago that said, I wish the people who called me stupid would at least afford me the privilege. You know, if you're going to call me dumb, don't expect much from me. <laughs> you know, don't call me an idiot and then complain that I'm stupid. So. Yeah. We didn't even get to Would You Rathers, did we? No, and we're way over time. I actually wanted to talk really quick about, um, it seems like I think the last few episodes I've been kind of shitting on police. I didn't didn't mean to, but I've been talking, saying some negative stuff about like the police that have been enforcing orders that are constitutional and all that. But they're, So you're saying you don't hate the police? I do not. Absolutely do not hate the police. Why are you winking? <laughs> um, but, you know, I we have uh, some officers that listen to the show and um, kind of inform me that, hey, you know, when we get these orders, you know, we not we don't necessarily enforce them or we might all get together and decide we're not going to enforce them and we're backed by, you know, whoever, you know, our whole unit or, or, or even the lawyers, but that news does not get out for a reason, you know? And I'm like, yeah, I suppose you'd never hear that. I, I mean, I honestly, and I'm sure if there are cops listening and I know I know at least a couple of them, who do? Um, I don't think we're shitting on cops as much as maybe a couple specific cops. Yeah, I kind of. I'm just worried that I made it sound like I was because I, I, you know, I was getting to the point where like, you know, the boogaloo's happening, and you cops, you're gonna be on the wrong side. You know, I, I didn't want to come off like that, and I, and I feel like maybe I did, and that's not what I mean. That's not the impression I wanted to give. No, and I also think you have to, as as a person outside of the law enforcement community, you can't sit there and say like. I mean, the cops are in a union. They definitely have a seniority list. If you're, you know, I don't know the size of the average police force, but let's say you're in one with 50 cops in it and your your uh, police chief is pro-big government and 37 of your 50 uh, fellow officers who are higher up than you on the seniority chain feel the same way, I don't expect that two or three or six-year member of the force to just be like, fuck you guys, I'm not doing this. They got a job and they got to do it too. I understand that. Yeah. You know, so I'm not saying any cop who doesn't, uh, you know, 
give the man the middle finger is uh, bitching out. You know, I'm just saying that I I hate that cops get put in that situation. Yeah. And I hate the cops who really use that power in a way that they shouldn't. And that's very obvious between the ones that are and the ones that are sort of going along. And I, you and I disagreed on that one cop at the playground mm-hmm. where uh, you said he was like going, hey, come on. I really honestly think that cop was trying to give that woman every reason to just... And if she'd have just gone, look, I'm going to take my kids and go, everything would have been better. So, Well, we are running late here. So if you uh, want to contact us by email, it's rooster at breadandcircusespodcast.com or crow at breadandcircusespodcast.com. And please check us out on our Facebook page. Like, share, comment, give us some topic ideas. It's uh, Bread and Circuses Podcast on Facebook. See you. Bye.